Hi everyone, as we reach the end of season 1 of our Mummy Matters series, I just wanted to take a look back at some of the moments that changed my thinking. It's been a real pleasure connecting with all our lovely guests and I hope you will join me soon for season 2 with yet more guests and interesting topics. And it was it was so difficult because I, I came to realise that something had to change. And the biggest epiphany of my life is that if I want to be the best version of being mum, I had to find my own individual identity and purpose. And that's that's probably the thing that kind of hit home to me that, you know, we have so many roles in our life. Yeah, we can reel them off, right? And often when I do this kind of work with people, they will reel off. I'm a, I'm a mom, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, I'm a professional, I am this, I am that. They can reel it off. And yet they all forget the most obvious role in life. Nobody ever names themselves. Nobody ever says Dara or Raki. And that's the role that feeds everything else. Yeah, true. First yeah. thing we let go of is ourself. Because we think, oh no, but I need to be there for my, my, my child. It's my responsibility. You know, we've brought this child into this world. Yeah, you have. But that person who brought it in was you you as a person it didn't just a role appear you created that role right yeah so you know we talk about this concept of I feel guilty why should I be thinking about this this baby's helpless they can't do anything they're not you know they can't they can't look after themselves yeah but you can't look after mum if you don't look after you and that's the biggest thing I I, I kind of check in with myself is that reframe of thinking of what does it take for me to be the best version of me so then I can be the best but I can give the energy I need to give that best version of mom and that's the thing that I kind of ask myself all the time now not every mom or parent is going to think oh well actually I agree with that some people feel that their purpose they are energized by being that mum figure. And that is their core purpose. That's what they want. That's their purpose. That's what they've always wanted. And there is nothing wrong with that. What I am saying is asking yourself the question, what is my purpose? What is making me fulfilled? And is it making me happy? Is the question that we miss the most. And if you then choose I want to be a house a person. I want to be a full-time mom. It's what I want. Or I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my own business. Or you know what? I want to work for a business and I want to switch off from it and I want to come home and then I can be mom again. That doesn't matter what that looks like. But simply knowing that's where you want to be by choice, not out of um, demand or necessity, allows you to stay closer to recharging yourself and filling your cup up as an individual um you know yes we have responsibilities financial children all of these things but ultimately all those roles that you have if your self becomes impacted whether that's physically or mentally or both because they all work together right your mind influences it shows up in your body physically you know stomach inflammation because of stress or something else or or you have a physical you know you have to recognize that if they're not being nurtured you are not going to be able to go out to go to work you are not going to be able to um, be that best parent or mother 
right? So unless you start putting yourself first in the pecking order, yeah. maybe most of us women probably need to even put ourselves in the pecking order, first of all, before even getting it to the top, mm -hmm. um, yeah. then you're going to start looking after it. Yeah. The only the only thing that is the anomaly here in my eyes is, is we all have different limits. So some will have a limit of six months or six days. Some will be six years down the line. But if you keep repeating it, eventually at different points in all of our lives, you will have your version of what I call my crash. You could call it anxiety. You might call it depression. I don't think I was depressed. I think I had my lowest point in my life. That's how I want to reframe it in my mind. And that lowest point in my life gave me the opportunity to pick myself up with purpose and healthy boundaries, whether that is with my children, my husband or my work. I'm not sure about myths. I just think, um, you know, sometimes comments are unhelpful, which help to promote these myths, yeah. you know. Um, and I think, you know, just everybody should be very mindful of what they speak before they say it. Um, so, you know, just if, if you think something, just think twice before you say it. Um, you know, the, the, I remember there were a few people saying that, you know, she's, she's working full time. That's why she's had miscarriages. No, that wasn't the reason why I had miscarriages. I had a miscarriage because that pregnancy was not a viable pregnancy to continue and there were reasons behind that yeah. um you know it was nothing to do with because I was working full-time or anything like that and I think comments like that are just very unhelpful yeah. um you know just I, I remember some mature ladies in the community kept saying to me don't wash your hair don't wash your hair you know and, and things like that because it's not very good and you know I I, I just I just kind of feel like maybe there's a place for kind of why they say that and, that, and that's totally fine yeah. but um don't force your opinions on somebody else yeah. and and then then make them feel guilty about an event has happened because you did this and mm -hmm. I think that's not fair to do on somebody yeah. so um I just feel like you know just with myths um just don't say them <laughs> just don't is you know think before you speak especially in our South Asian culture, I feel there's a lot of superstition around pregnancy, around birth. Um, and I know I was up against that as well, like you said, don't wash your hair and things like that. Um, I mean, for a new mom to go into motherhood with those superstitions, I think you always start your journey with these things at the back of your head, what if? And I think that's quite detrimental to a lot of moms out there because if anything does go wrong, they almost start judging themselves and feeling guilty themselves have I done anything that I shouldn't have that has caused this could I have you know maybe yeah. not gone through it I think um you know when when I kind of went through Shivai dying and uh you know when I think back to kind of the miscarriages as well mm. I didn't really look after myself if I'm honest um after I'd had the miscarriages I had um I had let kind of people sort of like almost dictate to me that, oh, you can have a second one. You can have another one. You can try harder. You, oh, it'll happen. You know, just keep trying, just keep trying. And so I didn't process each loss when they happened. And because my body and my mind was in that state, I just kept 
going like a machine, if you know what I mean. I didn't really kind of think about what the grief that I was grieving at that time. And and then obviously I had Shivai and and that that was and after he died, that was the first point that I actually started to look back at, you know, all these moments where I had experienced some form of grief or something. Mm or a form of loss and I hadn't really dealt with it and I hadn't really dealt with it so I started to sort of deal with it a lot later and I wish I'd dealt with it earlier because um not for any other reason except for in my own mind maybe I might have been able to look after myself better mm. in that in that time um and, you know, and obviously that's when kind of meditation came my way. And, you know, I went into a coaching group and I and I looked to be coached around that. And um, and that was when I started to realize actually all this time my I've been saying such negative talk to myself that my body is not good, that I'm never going to be able to deliver a, a healthy child. And, you know, like I had such negative talk that I was telling myself. And um, I feel like, um, you know, I maybe I should have just not paid attention to that negative talk as much. Um, and I wish I'd kind of taken that position to look after myself earlier. But I feel like maybe back then I was just thinking it was I, I was feeling guilty of doing that. Mm. Because I always kept thinking that, you know what, well, I need to take care of my family and I need to take care of uh, Gradic and I need to just, I just need to have another baby because my other son needs a sibling, you know? So I was just, I was just, I just kept going. I just kept going. But what I wasn't doing in that journey is I was not looking after myself. And that's the biggest lesson that I've learned is that to be able to look after other people, I need to look after myself first. Like you have to fill your cup up before you start serving from an empty cup. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I wish I had taken care of myself a lot longer and not felt guilty about it. And, uh, you know, cause I certainly don't feel guilty about it anymore. Um, I, you know, I actively do a lot of things for myself. We do things for, as a family as well. You know, so martial arts has now become a big part of our life. You know, my son was has been doing it for seven years. He does Kung Fu. And, you know, part of the reason that we put him into Kung Fu is because we thought, you know, it would help his body, mind and his physical sense to be able to cope with a lot of these things like breathing and yoga and, you know, physical strength. It's all kind of combined in martial arts. Yeah. And um, so he's been doing that journey for six, seven years now. And, um, you know, Karthik and I started the martial arts journey last year and Garthik turned also to exercising as a way of him being able to cope with his own mental health and his own well-being mm. and for me uh, exercise came a lot later I went down the route of meditation and you know that was what's helped me to cope you know through this whole time and and journaling and, and you know I have um I've got this is my gratitude journal um, which is what I kind of, I write in every single day. I write three things. You can see some of them here. I've written in there. Uh, three, I write three things every single day about what I'm most grateful for. And, and that's, you know, that's a gratitude journal. That's kind of a way of kind of um, 
living a life of gratitude mm. and um it helps me to focus on the good things rather than kind of things that I I want to let define me which are maybe bad mm. um so you know and when I say good things what I mean by that is you know in my journal I might have something like I saw a really lovely picture of Shivai today and that made me smile. And I'm grateful because I had that picture with him to make me smile. Or it could be, um, you know, I got reminded today of, um, you know, the time like today I might write down that, you know, I got reminded today of, you know, we used to call the baby bump, you know, uh, the miscarriages that we had each or each one of them, we used to call bump one or, you know, whatever. And, that makes me smile actually you know now even though even though it is um you know a moment that was quite sad for me yeah and and I still miss and I wonder what those babies would have been like you know um it just reframes my thinking a little bit and and just helps me focus on some of the better parts of of life rather than um not better parts of life but what I'm going to take from that situation rather than, you know, I, I don't want to be sad. And that's the biggest thing that I don't want to be sad, you know, like I was before, because um, even though the situation was traumatic and, and it was sad and it, it was lonely, um, what I've come to realize is that actually I don't, I don't want to be sad about it anymore. I don't want to cry about it anymore. I just want to think back at, you know those babies and and think back to Shivai and and just focus on doing some really good stuff out there in his name and and helping as many people as I can and you know just really like embracing life because he just had eight months and the, and those babies weren't even born to experience a life and here I am and I have a life I'm here so you know, I kind of owe it to my babies and I owe it to myself to live that life that they never had. And, and, you know, in that journey, if I can do some good, then that's great. And, and if I can spread some fun and laughter in, in my own life and in my family's life and in people that watch me, then, then that's, that's good for me as well. Because, you know, when I'm gone, I want, I want my kids to look back and, and say, you know what, mom, mom went through a lot of things, but you know what, she always made us feel happy. And I want to leave them with happy memories of me and not leave them with sad moments of me. I think that is one of the barriers sometimes with, with sleep consulting as well. Like when families need the help, they feel like they can't ask for the help or perhaps because their parents didn't need the help and they're just told, you know, we just got on with it. So <laughs> your child will learn to sleep eventually. So it's almost like you're meant to keep going, keep going, regardless of how you're feeling, yeah. um, because other people did it. But we don't have to measure ourselves by other people and their experiences. We need to be true to our own. And if we are struggling and we need the support, we are in the information age. We are in the place now where information and knowledge and consultants and coaching is available. It's all um, like your fingertips, isn't it, now? It's like you don't yeah, have to go very far. You can absolutely transform your life. You, nobody needs to sit at home and struggle on their own. Definitely. I'm so glad you've, you've brought that up because that's that I think that's the biggest message that a modern mother has to has to understand that it's we're not living the same way as our parents or their, their parents lived like we are living in today, which is very different. 
parenting has completely changed. Um, the way we do things has completely changed now. So, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. You don't have to suffer in silence and just go with it. You know, reach out, get the support you need. Absolutely. And I think the time is the real commodity. Rather than paying for a service, if you think about your time, yes. what, does, what do you get? What do you get? So, so, for example, when I'm working with my families, what they've been struggling with for maybe months or years, I help them transform their child's sleep within two to three weeks. Wow, that's amazing. Evenings back, so that gives them nights back. It gives them all good rest. So they're starting to feel like themselves. How many months and years have you saved? How many hours in the evenings have you spent in like your child's bedroom trying to get them to sleep? Getting all that extra time back. Well, how valuable is that to you? And it works wonders as well. Like, you know, I myself will tell you, my child used to be up and it wasn't even up for a reason. She was literally up just to see my face. Like, that's how silly it was. Like, she would get up just to see my face and I'd take her back in the room and she'd lie down and go straight back to sleep again. There was, there was no need that she needed to be up. It was just the fact that she would come and find me in the house. Like, where are you? She just wanted um, to see you there, didn't Yeah, you? yeah. It's just that reassurance. Yeah, it's just that reassurance that, you know, mommy's there. But the thing is, is the minute they started sleeping better, I could get so much done in the evenings and you know it makes such a difference because you wake up thinking oh okay I've got all this done in the evening and it's fine like so now like when they when they do have a bad night or when they are up a lot you instantly know because it affects your time like you just feel like where's my evening gone so I, I completely agree that you know time is like the biggest biggest commodity right now like we we just have to make the most of it. So if that's affected, then eventually you're just asking for more problems, you know? So there's, there's gotta be a safe way of doing things. And if you keep comparing yourself to other people, that's the quickest way to become unhappy. Yeah. You have to find self-love from within, which is something that people, most women lack these days because they're always looking for something on the outside. Yeah. And that could be from, the outside could be from buying materialistic things, you know? So people are so empty, they're not filling their cups with gratitude, they're not filling their cups with self-love, self-care. Um, it's empty, you're pouring out of an empty cup, you're giving everything to everybody else around you. And this is why it's important to, I, I love journaling. I like to clean my thoughts out, yeah. and, you know, give myself the space of when I am frustrated and asking myself, why am I frustrated with X, Y, Z, or why am I angry with this? Like, what, what, what upset me? um and that's what it is like weeds grow quickly in your mind and you want to pull them out yeah you have to stand guard of your you know the front the gate um of your head because we're being affected by everything most people aren't aware they're they're just living through life yeah whatever um, not, not only that but i think i think now it's become a trend that self-care is now a luxury like you know i've said it in my in my my blog posts as well that since when as having a bath been a luxury like it's it's a given it's a basic human need but like even like sitting down with a hot drink it's become a luxury now and it shouldn't be like that it should be about you know having that time to for yourself like you schedule meetings you schedule time for your kids you schedule everything else but why not schedule time for yourself why not build in that time every day you know like you're saying your journaling is your time that's the time you've set out for it and it helps massively like I'm, I'm a mom of three and I'll I'll be the first one to say that up till very recently, I have been all about everyone else. It has just been part of it. But I've actually learned that unless I am 100%, I can't give 100%. I can't give 100% to the kids, to my husband, to the family. Um, and that's, I think, it's an understanding. I think it's something that 
as an Asian, I know for a fact that it's been embedded in my kind of ethos for for generations. Like I've had my my grand saying it, you know, my mom says it. And it's only very recently that I'm like, okay, right, we've got to rise above that. There's truth in what they're saying, but there needs to be that balance. And I think you have, and I guess kind of bring it back to anxiety. I think you have to be mindful of your own anxiety and the stories that you're telling yourself in your head about actually what's going to happen if they miss out on this. How, because actually it's probably not going to mess up their development that much. But I think there's a fear that actually... And, and, I, and I kind of a bit of a narrative I'm hearing from other people that, you know, they've missed out on so much. So therefore they're going to be really messed up yeah. as a result. So you need to do all of this stuff to overcompensate. And it's that fear of wanting to do the absolute best for your child and wanting to undo what's happened, except you can't undo what's happened. And, and actually being mindful that you're probably being driven by your own anxiety and maybe if you step, take a step back things will be okay mm-hmm. and the more that you're getting really anxious and the more that you're worrying about these things the more your children are hearing you get anxious and worry about these things and the more they think that there's going to be a problem yeah I would say find somebody a safe person that you feel able to talk about it with Somebody who's hopefully not going to get caught up in your anxiety. So you're not going to be both sitting there panicking together and winding each other up. But a calm person you feel you can trust. Because sometimes when you start to talk about these things out loud, you realise how caught up you're getting. Sometimes you realise how ridiculous you're being. Because you get them, and I'm the worst person for this, you kind of get it stuck in your head and it's going round and round in your head and you're starting to panic. And then you say it to somebody else and they're like, May I are the same with my kid, like this is normal, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, because the more you make these things into a big deal, the more of a big deal you often become. Yeah. I think when you know, when you start to feel maybe in your body that panic rising, that kind of knot in your stomach, try and find a way to take a step back and just breathe. And if that is kind of getting out for a walk or, you know, locking yourself in the toilet and having a coffee if you have to, if you're surrounded by it, whatever you need to do just to get five minutes to just breathe and say to yourself, do I need to be getting this anxious? Mm. I guess kind of the, the third one is sort of just trying to remind yourself that just because you're thinking it doesn't mean it's true. But I think it's really important with that to actually surround yourself with people that would be that would give you that level of support. I think mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of stigma attached to having anxiety, having anything that affects your mental health um, mm. with motherhood, because you're often your worth as a mother is often kind of judged by how well you cope. Um, and I think there's a lot of moms out there who who need that validation from an external source when really I think it's really important to kind of hone in and understand that that validation is someone's opinion what you are is what you are like you can't you can't take that away that you are a good mom um and yeah we all have those bad days but that doesn't make you a bad mom you know and I think I think it's a it's yeah it's it's one of those things that I think because I've heard it from a lot of friends that say you know what I'm such a bad mom I told my child off I told my child off for misbehaving and then you feel so guilty and then that mom guilt 
creeps in because obviously mom guilt never goes away um, it's always there you know when you when you least need it um but it's it's almost this thing that you have to kind of live up and almost perform perform as a mother to be able to feel like a good mother almost and and I think it's about finding finding those people in your life who who get it and finding those people in your life where you feel safe to be vulnerable because you have to in order to be able to say this is what's going on for me you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable and 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 sort of talk about actually this is what I'm feeling this is what I'm worrying about this is what's going on for me um and I think I, I wouldn't say you know just do it with anybody I think you need to find the right people to do that with and I suppose coming back to kind of running and why I find that helpful is for me I have a group of friends that I go running with, which for me is quite helpful because they're a bit older, their kids are a bit older. And so when I'm talking about what's gone on with my child, they're like, yeah, like we had that. I get it, yeah. You'll get through it. Um, and 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 that is very, it's very reassuring, but it's it's making sure that you have whatever your community is, finding people in your community that you feel safe to talk to. And I think sometimes for some mums, that can be the tricky bit because I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying in terms of you go to, you know, you go to play group and there are all the mums that, you know, look like they've got it together, who look like they're sleeping through. The <laughs> yeah. Who their child came out the uterus using cutlery and all the rest of it, sleeping through the night, yeah. no issues, potty training, where, you know, in out of nappies by their first birthday. And that's not necessarily helpful and I think there are people out there who will try and make themselves feel more secure by judging you which really just makes them feel more insecure because that's reinforcing their own beliefs around not being a good enough mother but they're and and so it's being mindful of of finding the right people yeah and also surrounding yourself with the right people like you shouldn't feel ashamed to say actually I don't want to be around so and so because they bring me down like you know it's not a bad thing to say that because you're protecting your mental space and if your mental space is in a good place then you you'll you'll be you will be a better mother you will be a better person which will obviously be better for your children isn't it yeah 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 and and I think as well it's about you know showing your children that it's okay to talk about these things it's okay to feel anxious yeah it's normal to feel anxious yeah yeah because I, we, we've got this thing in our house that we 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 sit down and we talk about what what we feel like so even if I say if I've had a bad day and the kids are just not listening I will sit them down and I will tell them that mommy's had a really bad day today um yes I have raised my voice a little bit it's not the right way of doing it but mommy needs that time just to be able to breathe um and I think as they've got older they're maturing a lot more because they're seeing reality that it's okay to have a bad day it's okay to you know handle things a certain way as long as you can kind of bring yourself back to Mm. reality almost and I think it's a life lesson that a lot of children especially in today's day I think they need to see that that they don't need to always be at the top they don't always need to be you know the best of the best all the time like it's okay for them to be able to regulate emotions and you know be able to do these things 
absolutely and I think um often there's a really strong narrative you know you've got an anxious child and then everyone else is flapping around them saying don't be anxious don't be anxious and then they think I'm not allowed to be anxious I need to be happy all the time there's something wrong with me and the more you fight the anxiety actually the more anxious you feel um and so by showing your children that actually you can feel anxious or you can feel angry or you can feel sad and you can work your way through it and you can be okay at the other end is so important. Um, because actually then they think, okay, well, I can do that too. And also I'm not the only person who feels anxious. I'm not the only person who feels sad. I'm not the only person who feels angry. Yeah.